Okay, so episode number two. Episode number two. Thank you for returning. If you, you listened to the first one. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Then the journey to self. Another journey. Journey to self. Yeah, so I think I, I touched base then in the last one where we're going to bring up the 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 start of our marriage or like the, the, the nuance of a marriage maybe or like, but I say that knowing what I actually mean by that is that what our personal pain body was when we started our marriage. Yeah. Right. So that's what it will come down to is the marriage started itself with a specific soul's purpose, soul nuance, right? That would be lived out and then continue to live out until it was acknowledged and then like possibly karmically released. And I'm not saying it's released, but right. Releasing. Releasing. Right. So if you're starting your relationship and your relationship, but if you're starting something new, right, your soul has a purpose, right? It has a goal. And some people will say that it has a karmic, uh, what would be the word? Um, purpose purpose for 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 this relationship to to exercise out a purpose right um and until you take care of that purpose all of your relationships will basically carry that same signature right and that's why we see so many people you know repeating some sort of usually terrible relationship pattern yeah, and they can't get out they don't even know why but because you're starting our relationship with a specific designed frequency like you you quite literally your soul your higher self goes here's the thing that i want tanya to address in her life and then your soul goes here's the thing that elliot will be addressing in his life and you will chug along with that purpose from your higher purpose of being until you acknowledge that and and then kind of almost release it, like not through exorcism or anything like that, just through acknowledgement that this is what's happening. Sometimes it feels like an exorcism. Yes, it feels like an exorcism, right? But 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 just acknowledgement. Oh, here's what I'm doing. Yeah. Here, and so that releases that hold, and then you can start new relationships under yeah. new definitions. Yeah. And I'm not saying those definitions will be perfect, but they will be different than the stack pattern that you're in. Right. So at least. At least you're not, in theory, dealing with the same horrible issue that it was last time. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be horrible. It's just the same pattern. Yeah. Right? At least it's a new pattern. Yeah. It will be a new pattern. Yeah. Right? We, so, like, we don't know what our pattern is. as cur But currently, you know, 21, 20 years in, into a marriage and 23 years into our relationship, we're just trying to release the old pattern. Yeah. So, right, like, however I say this, not to discourage people, it does not have to take 23 years for you to release right. a pattern. I mean, it's it was... 20 years of do nothing. Yeah. And only the last two or three years did we start to yeah. release the pattern. Right. My, my, my pattern kind of jump-started itself into, like, oh, you can no longer function the way you have been functioning. Now this is... You're, you're going on this radical self-discovery in 2017 like i was forced into that so that yeah. is when i started so that was what that's six years ago yeah and i'm more of a maybe late maybe late 2020 yeah yeah is that 20 i don't know yeah yeah it was it was covid yeah of course it's covid right so my started pre-covid but it was a lot of confusion until maybe yeah until yeah 
So anyway, so that, not to scare Rano off, this is not a 23 year long process. This is like, it, within two or three years, heck, within a month, you can, you can discover Maybe. your pattern. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean a, within a day, actually, <laughs> you yeah, can discover your pattern. Yeah, you can. I mean, there, there have been issues that I've, like, identified and addressed. And, you know, saying resolved is probably the wrong thing. But, you know, really, really dealt with a lot and, and tempered. And they're not, you know, weighing on me like they used to. Yeah, but it, when you identify that pattern, you would identify your, like, core trigger or whatever that that is what it allows it to flow forth and then start to release itself you at least you're not you know stuck there now you're releasing it yeah you're acknowledging it so if anytime next time it does come up you have a chance of yeah. going oh here hey yeah, here's that thing again you're familiar with it and you're like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. there's that, a thing that again. i i recognize this feeling i recognize where this is coming from inside of me yeah 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 okay so 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 that is kind of like the 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 disclosure or like what what's the in the in in the in the pre credits, you get like the the warning. Contains flashing sequences of lights. <laughs> no, in this case, it's like it does not have to be our story. Right. It does not have to be this bad. It doesn't have to be this long. If you just apply yourself to awareness. Yeah. Right. You can speed through. It's the wrong wrong way. Wherever you can. You can you start can get, on the right foot. You can start on the right foot and start yeah, yeah. making progress even today. Yeah, yeah. Right. So so our our starting point or our pain body. Um, I'm trying to think of what, what would be the most applicable for me to address. I, I know all of yours, but let me let me think of mine. Uh, so yeah, one one of my things that right from the beginning that that set us into motion was and it started early on and I didn't even know I, right now I'm thinking back of like where did it start from the childhood standpoint so maybe this will help me analyze like this later tonight after after I have some time but not having a voice right that was mine too yeah like oh I don't have a voice or or, or I cannot uh, speak up or I cannot say no or I cannot that's that's literally exactly mine yeah so both both of us right from the get-go starting out with the same pain body right deep down you feel helpless because you're you don't have a voice right and to some degree that in me manifests as a people pleasing like I, I feel I even, I still feel uncomfortable saying no or or saying something that is like I this isn't what they want to hear Mm-hmm. I, I'll I'll do it now, but it is it's still there's this like uh, in my in my gut going oh but what if they don't like you yeah and uh, and yeah um I don't know you want to go into that people or, pleasing or just you know saying being able to say no having a voice yeah no but, but being able to say no. Is kind of like the key. I mean, it's a boundary. It's a boundary, right? But it's a boundary that rests upon the shoulders of why is that you cannot say no. Yeah. Right. And so that's my thing. Just, just I think that will come up sooner or later, but I'll bring it up right now is why, right? Why, why is it you cannot say no, right? When you say no, what is it that you're afraid of? 
when when this person hears a no from you, what is it that you're afraid of? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's I, I'm afraid they they won't like me. That's yeah. what I'm afraid of, and like. You know, logically, that doesn't make sense, especially in a business context. If you say you say no, it's like, well, okay, you know, or no, but it'll cost more, or no, but you know, it in a business context, it should be the easiest to say no. But even in that, it's still hard to say no for me. Yeah, because at the core, now each one of us will have a specific nuance of where that why goes to, mm-hmm. right? But all of us will have this discomfort about displeasing someone else right. because it results in some sort of abandonment issue or not being loved or not being recognized or not being seen. And then the core or the goal is to recognize your particular, you know, you know, flavor of, of cool, cool punch, whatever is coming to my mind. Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid. there's a Kool-Aid terminology that's coming through we can go with that no that's what's coming through right like if there's you will have you know kool-aid is a drink right but you will have your specific flavor of kool-aid yeah yeah right so the drink the fact that it's a drink is the same the fact that it's a pain body is the same for everyone oh i'm unable to say no right but why at the core will be very much personal now there's not that many personal variations of that why yeah, but it's But you have to identify your personal yeah, one. And it'll stem from something probably in childhood. Yes, it is a childhood maybe pain you said body. No, or maybe you felt like you couldn't say no to someone, probably possibly of authority, possibly a friend or something. Or maybe you did say no and it went badly. And that got programmed in as, oh, when I say no, Billy doesn't like me. Yeah. And then he doesn't play with me on the playground anymore. And now, you know, I'm a I'm four alone. year old and I can't say no to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that inability to say no is usually probably 90% of the time lays at the core of your being probably prior to age seven. Yeah. Like there was some sort of fear that you potentially cannot even identify right now as an adult that got set into you of here's why you don't say no. Right now, if and 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 I want to say this, you don't even have to identify that particular thing. You just have to uncover what is that. What is that special flavor of Kool Aid for you? Yeah, I mean, it may be something that is you know pre pre memory, or at least it, maybe it's just buried so deep that you don't know. But it's it's still in there subconsciously, and it's still in your cells. You still feel it. Yeah, yeah. When and, you know you got to say no to somebody, you still go. Ugh. And but then most of us. Most of us, okay, the, the flavor of Kool-Aid might be different, but at the core, what it comes down to really at the end is if I say no to someone, they don't like me, right? They don't like me, then I cannot be dependent on them to be, you know, to be played with, or if it's your parents, then to be able to be taken care of. Right. So they're not there to take care of me. They're not there to offer me shelter. They're not there to offer me food. And then dot dot dot. Next thing I know, I'm on the streets dying alone. Dying alone. Dying alone. And so most of our fears actually concretify themselves in this fear of dying alone. Now, the energy, even though it is of that dying alone, is almost primitive, right? Like it's almost like that caveman survival energy of like, oh, if I'm not part of the tribe, I'm dying alone. 
Right? Yeah. No, I think I, I think this is very rooted in like it, it's like it's baked into our DNA that we need to be these social amicable creatures that follow the tribe and go along with the 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 leaders and don't don't cause trouble because if you cause trouble you're expelled from the tribe and then you die alone. Yeah. Right. It's it, there is a historic ancestral logic a method to the madness. Yeah, yeah. But just like there's, you know, just like with um you know, oh, if there's a saber-toothed tiger tiger chasing you, you know, you're all your anxiety flares up and all this cortisol and you and adrenaline and you're and okay, great, you're able to run away from it. And that carries through today and to where, oh, I've got a staff meeting and all this anxiety and cortisol and adrenaline flares up. And it's it's coming from the same place, but in 2023, it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have these, most people don't have these, you know, literal life or death things, but your body doesn't really know the difference between a tiger and a uh and a board meeting. Yeah. No, but at the core, it still sits at that primitive dying alone. Yeah. Right? So, so. It, it's all there instinctually to help keep you alive, to help preserve you. Yes. But meanwhile, you're saying yes to all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That you shouldn't. Yeah. Out of this fear that if you actually sit with it for a while and then like logic your way back into the why, 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 it is almost comical. No, it is funny. I can look back at things that I've said yes to and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just the dumbest thing. Yeah. I don't even like the people that I was trying to, uh, you know, sometimes they're strangers. Sometimes they're people I, I don't like and never liked. And it's like, what? What? Yeah. Well, but but unless you start to discover of why you're not saying no, right? Why you're not following your intuition or following your gut or or just living your truthful path of living, you will continue to basically deny yourself your truth. And so the more time you spend not uncovering those whys of like why can I not say no to people? the more time you will spend living the pattern of not saying no to people. And so, and then it has this cumulative effect where, where you and I are, you know, 20 years later into our marriage, you know, we should have divorced five times over. No, but that, right, that's it. Yeah. Because, because everywhere along the way, we chose to not to address what's at the core of us and, and continue to live this pattern. Yeah. Now, thankfully, in our case, it's kind of funny. The fact that we didn't get divorced is because we can't say no. Right. Right. So you can't say no to me when I'm saying we should get divorced, and I can't say no to you whenever you're whatever, right? So yeah. it's like <laughs> the yeah. thing that and kept some, us and together. And some sort of twisted, twisted irony here. Yeah, right? Like Alice in Wonderland style. Everything is just like messed up enough to where we continue to stay together, even though we probably shouldn't have at the times that we did because of this personal state pain body of like abandonment and say no, not being able to say no right, and attachment attachment and and so yeah so but i guess we wouldn't be having this podcast right and our child would not be listening to this 20 years later going oh mom and dad were sure wise that's right that's wisdom right. rules wisdom. of wisdom yeah so aiden annabelle this is for you just to just to showcase to you how wise we are <laughs> all right this is the only reason we're doing this. <laughs> so our children audience, can finally realize how wise we are. Our audience of two. <laughs> 20 years later. Both of them. Yeah. 
so anyway, so yeah, so th- so that's that. I th- so at the core, what I wanted to to really hone in on is this will apply to everything in your life. Like it applies to everything in my life and in Elliot's life. Is that you are always should be again, but I say this with with, with my like gun ho approach to it but it does not have to be this intense asking of why and and don't stop until you feel it like you will feel it in your solar plexus right in your your solar plexus chakra and you will feel it in your gut your heart might even get tighter like your shoulders will get heavier the neck will right so when your body starts to have this physical response of like oh because this will happen and that will happen and that will happen and when you start to get into your body to where it ha- is having a physical response, you're you're getting somewhere. You're getting to the point where the energy is being held, meaning it is the truth that you're hiding from yourself. And that is where anger might come up, right? Because you will be yeah. bulging at it. But you got to go past the anger. Go past the anger and go, okay, well, wait, look, I'm on the right track. I'm getting angry. I'm yeah, trying to a good back sign. away. If, if you get angry, that's a good sign yeah, yeah, that you're yeah. on the so right track. Instead of backing away, go, okay, let me go further and further. And then you will get past the anger and you will get into the fear. And then you will go, wait, this comes down to me dying alone because I'm not following some sort of social tribe. Right. It's weird. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost funny how often it comes down to dying alone. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, the, the trapping of the energy that you would need to release, right? Like when I, when I experience that, the energy that I get to release is somewhere before the dying alone, because it's almost like whenever this get deposited in you as a child to where you're required to say yes, and you cannot stand up to authority, right? Even though right now it might even be your peer that you cannot say no to. But when you pass, when you get programmed into this, you never had the cognitive ability to dig down into oh it's because the social norm requires me to follow to follow the tribe and i have to say yes in order to belong and not die on the streets alone right you never you never went that far so the stuck energy will actually be somewhere before that yeah and so that is, so you 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 can see the comical approach to dying alone being as it right like right now um annabelle on tiktok sees those things are like oh what happens if you don't bring a pencil to school right and somebody did that little thing yeah if you don't bring a pencil then you don't take notes if you don't take notes then you fail class and if you fail there's a whole lot more in the middle yeah, yeah, yeah. You fail class then you don't go to college if you don't go to college you don't get a job then you don't get a job you can't buy a house you can't have don't have a house, then you're homeless, and then you'll get sick, and then you'll die alone. Yeah, yeah. So that's a comical approach to the exact same thing we're talking about. It is, it is this superficial surface area thing that you're scratching at, right? That has at the core what is the bottom of your pain body, which is dying alone. But the energy will be trapped somewhere in between, in between the pencil and the dying on the streets alone. But if you can recognize that whole stretch between not having a pencil at school to dine on the streets alone, next time you have that same pattern come up where you have to say no or you have to go against the social norm, right? Uh, you will be able to do that. Yeah. Should we pause since the dog is barking? I don't know. Wow. It's intense. Special delivery. Special delivery. I know, Jay. What do you think about that? Why? Some intensity there. Jay's very concerned. Very concerned. Yes. Our guard dog. Oh, you hear him going? Amazon's delivering, so our guard dog has to go right. at it. 
anyway, so yeah, so that's that's what it comes down to is that identify the core of the why for almost each one of the things that comes up. Uh, and so we are starting at the the ability not being able to say no because that was at the core of us, yeah. right? And I think it is a core. I'm seeing that everywhere. I'm seeing that in all people, and, and I'm seeing that in our children. Yeah, right at the core. Like even though we're we're a very open family, and and we're very um, we're not like what would be the word um strict strict right and not compressive like we're not trying to compress our children into a certain type of behavior oppress oppress yeah compress Compress. repress any of those press presses yeah like we're not trying to design them to be any one thing that we want right so we're not those people yeah a lot of parents yeah a lot of parents want to craft their children into either themselves or really what what they thought that they should have been well no no or maybe like, what they think that they should that the no, child should be no, no 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 they're trying to save them from the same pain body that they have been living okay there you go that's that's what's actually underneath it then yeah underneath is just as the parent is asking the child to do something it is solely there in order to save the child from the same pain that they had to go through Right, so it's it's out of love. You're trying to get them not to experience the same pain that you experienced, right. and it's like I I I can appreciate that. I don't want my kids to go through the pain that I went through. You yeah. probably don't either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I there's a point to that, except that you have to see why you're doing it, which yeah. is your own pain body. Yeah. So you you cannot. I say you cannot. I, I'm not. This is not a recipe how to raise children, but it, you will have all relationships fail. Or unsuccead in the exact same way, marriage, parent to child, you know, a, a parent to to uh, to, to their or, or child to a parent, uh, friends, friends, coworkers, yeah, oh, because you are living through that pain body that you are not identifying, yeah. And so the key to fixing all of them is just to start looking within, like what is that that at the core that I'm holding, and start with the big ones. Right, saying no is a big one. Like, okay, why why do I have a hard time saying no? And so, yeah, so both of us started with that as, at the core, right? And then I'm trying to think what, what, what I would want to add. And maybe we should then go into how that projected itself out, right? Yeah. I mean, for me specifically, I I couldn't say no, but I really couldn't say no to my parents. And so that caused all kinds of problems in our relationship because Tanya's experience with my parents was was not great. They were not kind and said all kinds of terrible things and did all kinds of terrible things. And I I was unable. I, I would literally lock up and I was just unable to to say something. You know, if I had just said something, maybe that would have done something. I don't know. Maybe not, but I, I still carry this this uh, some degree of guilt about not doing it because it's like, oh, I I sh- I feel like I should have. Part of me feels like, oh, that's that was that was my responsibility to do back then. That was my job, as it were, was to, you know, if I'm gonna 
protect you from from anybody. It would be from them. You know, here's the savior thing coming up. Yeah, yeah. But that's the pain body that you have within that of the savior complex. Right. It's man's responsibility to shield his woman from from everything to some degree. Yeah, yeah. And but you know, out out of everything, you know, who else should be the one to to speak up against my own mother, for example? Yeah. No. Yeah, you you think that, and that is what I thought, right? Because I was in the same boat as you are, not being able to say no. And in this case, like I can say no to my parents, right? Because my parents raised me very openly to where like, oh, you you can say no to us. But, but at the same time, you don't say no to authority. So like the school system... Um, even though my parents did not raise me w- with basically this concept of not being able to speak up against in home situation, the school system designed me in the way that you don't say no to the school system, right? Now, of course, the school system is part of, you know, I grew up in the communist um, school system and the school system was very rigid, right? So like authority carried a very large, I, I would say maybe even a bigger signature on me than what I'm seeing like elementary schools here are like the relationship that our daughter has with her elementary school teachers is not of authoritative. It's more of like a, like almost like an adult friend, like she respects them and they respect her. And, and then there's this amicable. Yeah. There is a mutual respect there that I don't know. It seems different from how I remember elementary school oh really so your elementary school is similar to mine i mean it wasn't it wasn't overly strict but it also wasn't i'm your teacher but i'm your friend it was more like i'm your teacher and here's what we're doing today it was i don't know from from what i've gathered just from meeting the her teacher the handful of times that we've met them the various teachers it it feels different feels more laid back and honest more laid back and honest more more friend friend like an adult who who has wisdom and who has something to be taught but has a and lot of compassion, a t- compassion and care for this child and i'm not saying that my elementary school teachers weren't nice and compassionate and caring they were why not why were not mine were i have you know i, I had one i liked most of my elementary school i had one that i did not like no i had one from oh, you first had one, grade you had one period. until sixth grade it was the same teacher <laughs> Not a good one? No, she hated me. <laughs> but it was, it was a, you know, in, in Soviet Ukraine, it's like a bribe-based status oh, situation. So the other families would... The other families were like better and then, let's say, gave things to her. And they, you know, and she was very judgmental. And so like she had, I mean, I can see her pain body now, but like girls of a lesser statue which I would have been, were, were like just overlooked. So I was overlooked by her. But she still had that like authoritative figure there. Anyway, so yeah. So so different relationship that what my daughter, our daughter has with her elementary school. Mine was closer to like uh, the, the middle school. I mean, in, in high school, you know, the some of the teachers aren't much older than the kids so it's it's that relationship is a little bit different but in middle school they're still old enough and it's still like we're the teacher and you're the kid and you're going to yeah so it, that, but not that's not impressive what no now it's it all the schools seem more laid back than than i remember 
you know, I guess this would have been the, the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and I guess my experience is also in the 80s, uh, but in the wrong country. Yeah. So, yeah, so from that authoritative feeling, right, you almost, even if your parents were not as authority-driven as, now yours were, mine were not, the school system was. And so from there, you kind of like stem into this opinion, oh, you don't say no to authority. Right. In your case, in every way possible, in my case is anyone other than your parents. I could say no to my parents, but really no one else. Right. And you have to play nice. Like that was another thing that was embedded to me. Like you have to be nice. That was embedded to me was being was was being nice. You have to be nice, which is kind of people pleasy. But then I will get into this in a bit was my whole um, having to almost perform or achieve in order to to get love was also. Yeah, wait, Hammered I in. should write that down. Yeah. So, um, achieve for love. Y- yeah, yeah. But then, um, wait, there was something I was going to add on. Wait, so you were saying to be nice. Oh, yeah, you have to be nice. And in my case, I saw my parents be really nice. To, to, ever, to like they're They're just really kind, like full-hearted people. But taking advantage of yeah, and then so so earlier I didn't realize that, but later I did. Is that that they I saw them be taken advantage of all the time because they were so nice. They are like I would say that they're probably the kindest people that I know. <laughs> Not because they're well, yes, they're probably trying to live out their pain body as well. But at the core, they are very compassionate and kind human beings, and so. I, and the country is just not very conducive to those type of people. They don't get rewarded as as that. It's easy for those type of people to be taken advantage yes. of. Yeah, yes, that's what it is. It's not that there's a the reward is inside of them. I mean, like externally rewarded. You just instead of you just get milked for for that. Yes, the country, you know, it, it was so deprived that their kindness was taken advantage of over and over and over. In a different setting, maybe that would have wouldn't have been so bad, but in that situation where it is just you just get taken advantage of if you're like that. Yeah. Then that's Yeah. That goes south really quick. Yeah, and so as a child growing up in the family where you sooner or later recognize the fact that your parents are being taken advantage of, uh, I grew almost to the, the rigidness of, well, I no, no one's going to take it. Not for me, right? And so having said that, though, I think she's switching chairs. Can she even make Whatever. it? You can make it. Okay. Um, she's 17, so it's right. we don't know how far the jump can go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so, so part of my part of my upbringing was almost like, oh, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that person who gets taken advantage yeah. of. So part of that, like anger that I embedded in myself, was there was there as a coping mechanism for for not feeling uh, not, not that I was mean. Like I was still kind, right. Like the kind, I was still kind towards, towards everyone, but I, I, there's this guard, like I established this guard, like, oh, 
You don't want to distance. Distance, yeah. Like you don't want to. You don't want to be. You want to. You want to be kind, but you don't want to have people take advantage of you. Right. It, it almost impersonal. Like me, like me, you think like I separated myself? I don't know. Or maybe to an extent, like maybe to an extent. Oh, like you would say, like now I'm recognizing almost like as a guard at heart, right? Like yeah, yeah. You, you let people be close, but just close enough, right? Yeah. And so there, that kind of got instilled within me um, to where, you know, there's this barrier. Like, oh, guess what? You get, you get screwed over if things get too, too close. If you're too nice, if you're too open, right? But at the same time, I had this, right? Like as a, as a kind, spiritually aware person, I have this need to just be kind. Yeah, I so, mean, so like, which is honestly the struggle that I have always had is setting that boundary. Right. There's nothing. Ro- there's nothing wrong with being kind. Kind. Being kind is great. But yeah, you know, there's a boundary. When, there's a boundary. It's like you know when it when it oversteps the boundary when it when it starts being self-detrimental when it's like oh well now i'm going to be kind to this person at the expense of that person or i'm just kind at expense of myself which is what which is what i saw my parents do and so even though i saw them do that and even though i almost had like this internal warning against that i still would do that myself all the time and i still do that that is still something i struggle with is having personal boundaries right just and and right now it's almost like from the spiritual standpoint is like I feel so much compassion and love and empathy. I think being an empath for someone else that it's almost like to it's like so much. Right. No, I mean I feel that too. I feel for someone that's like I could you know do something to if not help this person at least bring them peace or something. I you know. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm almost, I'm almost called to and compelled to, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, at the expense of what? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that saying no, right? Or, or, I don't know. No, but that, I think that still comes down to that saying no, and saying no is just having a personal self-respect and boundary, mm-hmm. and knowing, here's where I am. And inside, you know, you almost feel this comfort zone, and when it's being crossed, so you know it. You know when you're almost crossing your own comfort zone yeah. of you, saying yes yeah, or doing you, an action that does yeah, not yeah, align you, with you. And you you're like, uh, and you do it anyway. Yeah. And the, you know, as you're doing it, you're like, uh, and then afterward, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's still a struggle, right? But at least, like, but it, yeah. I mean, yes. I guess the goal, if there is a goal, is to not do that. But before that, if you can just be aware that you are doing it or when you do fall into that trap or that is, you know, oh, this is the type of thing where I would, that's yeah, progress. Yeah. The struggle that I have right now is, right, because I'm still in the point where I'm floating and trying to acknowledge my pain body and knowing what my tendencies are, right, like of, of over, over, committing or over helping or over engaging in something uh and then realizing where that boundary is but at the same time from the spiritual standpoint realizing that that i'm being called into this and this is action that is coming out of my heart in the essence of me and it is okay to dive into this versus this is a boundary i should draw so i'm still right in that in that space but where i don't know where where not to and to, yeah. 
So, yeah. so yeah. So from that, I guess we diverted, and I think this will happen a lot. But go, going back to you started your relationship with your parents where you cannot say no. I can't say no. It's um, I I had a very physical response to the, even the idea of say I would get I would get all nervous and and I would cold sweats and clammy and I would just lock up and which sounds just like a bunch of baloney. It's like you know. No, it can, that's, it can, anybody can say it. A, a, a two-year-old can say no, and, and they do. But I, I found myself incapable of saying no, even in situations where I'm like, they are in the wrong. They are doing something that is, that is actively unkind to someone that I care about, and I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I just, I just couldn't say something or stop it or even just saying something yeah but saying that you applying that filter towards the conversation of you and me right now but that was your status quo prior to me oh yeah i mean in yes i'm talking about it specifically related to to our interactions with with them yeah but it, this applied to everything in my life. Yeah, like, so it just the to, the mar- our marriage was just an extension of how the relationship you already had with them. Yeah, it just they were already in that mindset with you. You were already in that inability to speak up on your end, right. and then that just took over into our marriage. Not nothing new came up other no, than it's the same. It was just the same thing, and now we've added another player into the uh, yeah, yeah. into the game. So it's just they were already. I will. I mean, this might be rude, but they were already in the abusive relationship with you based on their personal pain body. And that abuse just extended towards me. Yeah. 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 And so I grew up in the position where I could say no to my parents. And so the fact that you couldn't say no to your parents was just like, it it was, I almost took it as a, uh, a personal me choosing them over you? Yeah, like that. Like, right, yeah. like, wait. No, because that's how I, it, when I was going into some sort of, like, shame and guilt spirals, that's how I would play it on my mind, is that, you know, is that, is, I would project that that's how you you took it. Yeah, but at the same time, oh, and I guess I'll bring up another pain body in here. So to begin with, I, right, I saw it as like, wait, this is, Elliot's parents, my pain body does not allow me to speak negatively to authority. And so I saw them as authority. And I felt I had no right to say anything to your parents because they were authority to me. And then the only person that could say something was in fact you. Right. So like with me, they fell into like my teacher category as opposed to my parent category. Right. And to you, I'd, at the time, obviously, I didn't realize is you had the, you don't say no to anyone, both teachers and parents. Yeah, yeah. Versus with me, no, I could say whatever I want to my parents. I have an open relationship with them. But to authority, you don't. And so I label your parents as authority. And because I didn't realize that you labeled your parents as authority as opposed to a friend, I, you know, I just couldn't even see it, right? Yeah. And so we spend 12 years or 10 years. No, wait, 2013 to 2012. No, wait, we met in 2001. 2001. So 2012. 11, 11, 12 years. So 12 years. Almost, I guess, almost 12 years, we played that game out. Yeah. We were playing that same game. 
It they, never got better. It never got better, right? So, so we would see them. Uh, they would treat Elliot the exact same way they had treated him for you know twenty years of his life prior to me meeting them, and then it would extend that treatment towards me. And then what actually pushed it overboard is they started to extend that treatment towards our son. And then, so even though I had zero balls to say no and stand up for myself, my pain body of not being able to stand up for myself got activated and triggered when that, when that type of treatment extended to my son. Right. I mean, there's almost a motherly instinct. Yeah. 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 It was like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well you can do what you want to me, but you know, as soon as my kid gets involved, all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah. And so our son would, would, start making comments like, oh, why is grandma and grandpa not want to see me? And so like, I saw him going through the pain body that Elliot was experiencing as a child that he denied himself experiencing. And I, and then the pain body that I would experience with authority on my end, like, wait, he thinks there's something wrong with him because they're choosing not to acknowledge him as a, as a grandson. Yeah. And then, so yeah, so that motherly instinct just came out. And the only reason anything was done or anything was said was because even though I was okay being abused and you were okay being abused, I, I as a mother, it, that was it. I, you're right. Because I yeah. think women will be able to relate to this. You know, you can take all the shit you want yourself, but the second your child yeah. gets injured by this bullshit, yeah, you'll that's do anything. it. The claws you'll, come I mean, out. You have the, the examples of the, the, the mothers who lift the cars off, yeah, off right. their children. Yeah, yeah. And so that was it. That was the the straw that broke my back to where like, okay, yeah, regardless of how much I'm unable to take care of myself as a mother, I will protect my child. And so it was kind of a protection move. So having said that, basically I spoke up for the first time in 11 years yeah, and told them everything I think. And not as a, not like as a personal offense, obviously there was a pain body on my end being stirred, but it, but it was like, well, look what you're doing. Look where this is going. Right. And it was not even my place to be in my place to say it. So I understand that. Right. But it was just like, you, Elliot, you take care of whatever you need to take care of, but I will no longer let my son be subject to this. And so the relationship was severed on my end with them because I did not want my son to be growing up in the same abusive relationship that you were. And then I, I hope I said this right, but then I said, but you can do whatever you want with them. It's not like you as an alien did not want to have a relationship with them. Right. And I, I, I did want to have a relationship with them, but that I, I used that event as a, as a way to, to back out of it because I didn't have the guts, ability to, to do it myself. So I just kind of piggybacked on that as, as the easy way out, that literally severing ties would be easier than than a conversation about it with them. A truthful conversation. A truthful conversation. Yeah, yeah. Here's how I actually feel and have always felt, and I've never been able to tell you. Yeah, yeah. But I say that I, I say this, and you say this, but maybe we should bring this in. Your mother is a narcissist. Yeah. So having that con- like and we didn't actually know this until very recently like maybe five years ago yeah to where like we started reading definitions of what it means to be a narcissist and uh, wait is that something 
well, how did we even figure that out? I don't remember how we figure it out. Maybe Instagram. <laughs> Probably Instagram. <laughs> I get like, a, I, here's a definition of a narcissist. Like, wait went, a minute. Wait. So yeah, so, so to give you credit is that it's not even that that you could even have a, that conversation. I, I have, I had tried through great anxiety to say things and everything that was said would be, oh no, you've misinterpreted. We didn't mean that. We didn't, oh no, you don't, we don't. And you know, it would just be this gaslighting type of, you know, and then I'm, I'm like, well, well wait, well, wait but gaslighting is a symptom of a narcissist. Yes. They, they tend to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, even when I tried through great struggle to say something, it would never have any effect because, you know, I'd walk away from that going, wait, am I the one who's, who's taking everything out of context? And, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, so wait, explain what gaslighting is. Just gaslighting case. is like when, when, so when something, ha someone would, would do something to you or something would happen and then you would try to confront them on it and they would try to rewrite history and go, oh no, it didn't, that's not what happened. Or, oh no, we didn't mean it like that. And so you, the, let's say victim, walk away from that situation kind of confused about, well, I, I thought my feelings were hurt, but you know, maybe they have a point. Maybe, maybe they didn't mean it like that. Maybe that's not how it happened. Maybe, maybe my memory's a little off. Yeah. So you, narcissists will always have you be the guilty party. Yeah, they never they'll, admit. There's, there's no, to there's no accountability. Wrongdoing. It's always if if you if you're complain is wrong word. If you say something, well, you have a feeling. Yeah, towards if you, what if they you say, have a feeling, that feeling is not valid. Yeah, it invalidates your feelings. Yeah, yeah. So, so growing up with a narcissist by default doesn't allow you to acknowledge your own feelings. Right, and so I was basically, let's say, trained or trained myself in this situation to to not have feelings. I just, I just didn't have feelings. And to this day, it's still hard to identify those sometimes. Something will come up. I'm like, I feel something. I don't know what it is, but I feel something. And it's, it's like, I, I, my throat's all, you know, bunched up. And, but what is it? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel something. Yeah. But, I don't, but I never developed that emotional vocabulary to, to identify feelings and emotions that I felt. Yeah. But that would be, that would be a pattern for anyone to recognize that if you were brought up or were around a narcissist for extended period of time, sooner or later, you would develop this mechanism to where if you do have a feeling come up and you would want to address that feeling or acknowledge that feeling, you would almost find it useless yeah. to have that because it will never be acknowledged by somebody else or they would admit to anything. So you grow this numbness yeah. to emotional process. There's there's it was painful for me to even bring it up and it was fruitless for me to do it. So why bother? Yeah. You know, you 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 do that enough times and it you, okay, why bother? Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you keep doing it? Yeah. So sooner or later, because this was your status quo from year zero, uh, you ended up growing up without emotional maturity. Yes. Emotional range to be able to actualize how is it that I actually feel inside. Yes. Which is, right? Which is, which is, doesn't lend itself to a productive adult relationship. Yeah. Or any, well, just productive, being a productive adult. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a real, it's like a disability as a, 
as a, as a member of, I would say society, member of, as, as a human, you're, you're starting off in the negative if you can't, if you don't even know what your emotions are. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it makes, where, it makes it hard. Yeah, so that's where we were. We were, your parents say things, do things, whatever. I disagree. I disagreed. I, I just couldn't, we, I just couldn't both, do anything. Both disagree. Elliot's not doing anything. I feel, through my pain body, I feel like I have no right to do anything. But at the same time, on my end, right, there's resentment being built. Right. Because Through my pain body, because in this case, I look at it as him not protecting me or him not choosing so that that white yeah. knight on a white horse comes in again. I had resentment built too toward, I mean, toward myself and toward them. Yeah. And maybe even toward you because I knew that you were, that was building in you. So you I had mean, resentment I, towards me? Yeah, not that you did anything wrong. But, but the fact that I felt resentful? Probably, like resentment that you were resenting me or resentment that that you expected me to do it, which is not, wrong it was just but that yeah, you know no, that, but that would bother honest. me yeah, yeah no and on my end i i obviously you know i would not be the type that would not say something yeah so to you it was almost like the resentment you built towards me is because i kept on bringing it up my gosh elliot look what they're saying oh my gosh elliot look what they're doing yeah. right so on my end i want to say something i can't because they are figure of authority to me. So therefore I position Elliot to be the person who is responsible. Uh, and so I, but at the same time, it's not like I would keep my mouth shut because I would go, Hey, do something about it. Say something about it. How, I mean, how long is this going to go on? Right. Right. And so the resentment on your end is because then on my end, I'm nagging you. Right. Yeah. The resentment wasn't nagging because then I'm nagging you to do something about something that uh, let's be honest, you yourself are completely trapped. Right. I mean, it's not the nagging itself. It's the nagging, and I know you're right. You know, if you're nagging me to go, come on, jump, I don't know, do something that I that I I don't want to do and I completely disagree with doing, that's one thing. But this was something that I know I should be able to do, I want to do, I know you're right, I know it's wrong, like wrong in quotes, for me to be, for me to not do it, and yet I just felt completely powerless to do it. Yeah. So I was like, I was. Is nagging more shameful than nagging? The resentment was there. What I'm bring describing up shame. is more. Yeah, it yeah. it it brought up a lot of shame and guilt. Yeah, because it's like I should be able to do this. I should be the type of person who should be who would be able to do this. Yeah, and yet I can't. I. I, you know, I'm thinking, I, A, I can't, and B, even if I could, it wouldn't matter because, oh no, that's not what we meant. Yeah. But the pain body that it brings up right at the core that you were not addressing at the time is that you're carrying guilt and shame, which is what that whole issue was really stirring up, right? Or that whole 11 year back and forth. Yeah. It, it is, just, it, all like it did they was would say something. I would get angry. I would say, why are you saying something? And then you, on your end, you're like, well, Heck, I I can't, and so, but you haven't been able to for twenty years prior to that. Yeah. So the shame and the guilt that you feel is bigger than just yeah, you and I. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's you and I plus twenty years before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So it goes all the way back to the essence of you as a human being. The shame you're feeling is, I am the type of person that is unable to stand up for myself. Right. And and have my own voice. I don't yeah. have my own voice. Yeah. So anytime we say no or not say no when we want to say no, what's at the core, right? What, what we're feeling at the core is that shame of, I want to say no, but I quite literally can't. Right. And it, it's this you know you're not being honest with yourself when you do that. You yes. know, this is what I feel. This is what I, I want or don't want that the, the no would would achieve. A no or an objection or telling someone what you feel. It's all, I'm bunching all that in together. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you're, you're, you're lying to yourself when you don't do that. Yeah. And that lying creates a lot of shame, not towards somebody else, but towards your own being. Right, no, internal shame. Internal I shame. Shame is like, definitionally, definitionally, Internal. Oh, it's I don't know. I guess this is. maybe. Yeah, and shame and shame and guilt, which are like there's a subtle difference there, but yeah. Well, no, I, the, the, the nuance of me saying internal is you you would just feel shame about not being able to do something about it in the sense to defend me. Right. But deep down at the core, the shame is there because you're not able to do something, period. Yeah. Yeah. At, at, at your own core. Right. You you were a catalyst of it. Right. Yeah. Oh, here's here's a specific case. Yeah, yeah. Or cases where I can't I can't do something. But no, it was it just it was it just shined light on me not being able to do it ever. Yeah. Yeah. And so the quarry was striking at that pain body right there. Um and then then we continue that. And in, in fact, after we could after I stopped my relationship with them, you know, you continued with that pattern forward. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's, like, not, it's not that that solved my saying no problem. That just, you know, brushed it aside. Now I don't have someone that I have to, now I don't have them that I have to say no to because we don't see them. Problem solved. That's yeah. what I thought. So it just kind of delayed it. Yeah. But 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 at the core, you continue to live that pattern with everyone Absolutely. else around you. Yeah. Yeah. So because of unrecognition of that pattern, even though I spoke up and I cut the relationship, you 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 did not do anything to acknowledge that pattern and then continue to have that into your work life and to your personal life, even with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that that's kind of like the beginning of us. Like that was probably the catalyst to the essence of us not being able to to see each other. Right. Or or, or like Really, the core of us of like, guess what? I don't have a voice. You don't have a voice. You feel like you don't have a voice. You're betraying me. I feel like you're betraying me when you don't say something. And you feel like you're betraying yourself when you don't say something. But the truth is your pain body is actually you betraying yourself. Yeah. And my pain body is me betraying myself. And so we're just kind of pow, 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 pow. Yep. And then- And none of that is, none of that is, is conscious at that point. Yeah, oh no, it's all subconscious. But yeah. now we can look back at that and go, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, no, I mean, now How it's like, that? oh, that is exactly what I felt. Yeah. But at the time, it's, you know, I'm like, oh, well, it's it's because of, of, of them and you and this and that. And it was, you know, not really, I didn't realize it was about me. Yeah. Well, we will never realize that it's really, everything is about us until we start chugging along towards awareness. And, and so, and then our body will almost by default cover everything else with some other story. Yeah. To, the, I say body, but ego, right? Ego. 
to to hide the truth from ourselves. Yeah. In order to to protect itself. Yeah. Or, or to to continue to live in blindness because otherwise you're facing that situation of almost crying or yeah, crying. I guess, you know, it's because it's it's really it's really hard to come to that realization. You know, I wasn't acutely consciously aware that oh of of the whole reason why I can't say no. Why why, you know, and you know, there, yes, there's a lot of cat hair. There's a lot of cat hair. There's a lot of um nuance in there and it's all, you know, specific to me. But beyond that, you know, just real I, I didn't realize that I couldn't say no. I didn't I mean, I was aware that I was unable to to confront my mother in that degree, but like how aware I was about how pervasive that was in my entire life? No, not at all. Yeah. Completely blind to that. Yeah. Because I mean, because that's that's a hard thing to admit. Oh, look at me. I'm a high functioning adult who is a pushover because I can't say no to anybody. That that's 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 a tough pill to swallow. Man, I mean, there were there were times when, uh, for uh, oh my gosh, this cat here. Um, for uh, side projects, you know, the people that I did side work for would uh. Oh, we can't we can't pay you now because you know <laughs> we I can't I, I I did some work for someone and he's like, Oh, you know, I I, I can't pay you now because I just got a new car and he points out to the new, you know Porsche. It was Mercedes. Oh, it was a Mercedes. A new uh E class AMG Mercedes. And he's he had he had previously been talking about how expensive his new car was. And he's like, Oh yeah, I, I can't I can't pay you now because of that. And I'm thinking Oh, you can go buy a, I don't know, $80,000 car, but you can't pay me. It was like, oh, $400, whatever it was. It was it's not a lot of money compared mm-hmm. to a yeah. to the car. But I don't say anything because, because why? I don't know. In my mind, it's probably like, I'm afraid of losing this deal. And then I won't have, I won't, then I, then I won't be able to make money from it. Dot, 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 die alone. But, Right. Yeah, scarcity. I mean, I mean, scarcity. scarcity, which is its in own. In that case, its own. Yeah, yeah. Let me write topic. that down. Scarcity and like lack, right? And I, I beyond that, say the idea of 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 having a voice and saying my opinion and saying no and and having boundaries. It would always be, oh, if I if I say no to this uh, this guy who's paying me for for you know some work on the side, then he won't hire me again. When, you know, in reality, if somebody says no to you, you just respect them more for having boundaries. It's not like, and if they don't, you shouldn't be working for them in the first place. If they don't pay you. If, well, if they don't pay you. But, you know, yeah. if it's, if you're working or, or in your life, if there's a type of person who you can't say no to because you're afraid that they're going to, what, leave you or not hire you or whatever, that's a sign you shouldn't be dealing with that person in the first place. I know that's kind of a privileged thing to say, you know, if you can't say no to your boss because you get fired. I, I understand that. But realistically, nobody should be working 
or nobody should be in a relationship where if they say no, there's a fear that it's gonna there there'll be some sort of retaliation or something. I mean, especially physical retaliation. Is that what you're talking about? I mean, your abusive relationship. I was in. Well, yeah. I mean that too. Yeah, I mean that more so. But like, I was afraid that if if I didn't, you know, if I were to say, you know, well, you can't just buy an expensive car and then not pay me. That makes no sense at all, mm. right? Uh, then, uh, then he wouldn't uh, wouldn't hire me again. Yeah. But at the same time, in that position, regardless of what you should or should not do, step one is identify the pain body of why in the heck do you keep coming back to him when he's disrespecting you like that? Yeah. I mean, one, identify why is it that you cannot say no, right? But then dot, 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 I think it will resolve for beyond. In this case, it was two pain bodies tied together. One, you erase to the point where you cannot say no because dot, 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 you will die alone, right? Mm -hmm. But then also at the same time, there was the other pain body tied there to scarcity. Yeah. But the I, scarcity is also dot, 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 you're tied alone, dying right. alone. And and the scarcity makes makes no sense. And, and, and not all of these fall fall down if you try to apply any sort of logic to them. Because it's like I had a real professional full-time job. You did too. We were both, you know, making enough money to live. And this was a small fraction of, yeah, because at the time you weren't even looking to leave your full time job, right? So it was just this was just it was extra just, money it was on just the side. Extra money that on honestly, the side. we didn't and even need. And it wasn't that much. No, but you know, no. But I think what it came down to in this case, it was some sort of validation that you were chasing from the side project. I think it was that too. It was like, oh, look, here is somebody else who thinks I'm valuable because I'm I special. can. I'm special. I'm valuable. I'm loved yeah. because I can. You know, I'm smart and capable and able to do whatever, you know, coding job he had. And I could do it quick and I could do it good. And, uh, was it was like a way to gain love. Yeah, sure. Except, you know, validation. Yeah. And he's just like, well, you know, here's, here's a guy that I can, I can pay to get something done, which is fine. Cause that's what a business, you know, transaction is. But when it turns into not really being paid for, well, he was weeks. just taking advantage yeah, of the fact that you back. couldn't say no. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but that's the thing is, you know, a lot of the times people will test those boundaries to see how much they can get away with the name right. one person. Yeah. Especially someone who's narcissistic or uh, was so sociopathic. Yeah. Uh, right. They will test boundaries. He, uh, was, he was probably a bit of that too. Yeah, I think he was sociopathic. Um. You're right. So they will test the boundaries and they will find people that they can abuse. And so now in this case, right, the relationship itself is probably not healthy, period, because you're with someone who yes. does not have boundary of kindness yes. and compassion. It was not, it was, it, it felt, I mean, yes, in the end I got paid and yes, in the end he got work, but it was not a healthy relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, so yes, you're in that position because it is allowing you to discover your pain body, your personal pain body of guess what? Here's a situation where you have to speak up and you can't. Yeah. Here's a situation where you have to say no and you can't. So right. on your end, this is right your your soul is there discovering that lesson, right? Yeah. But beyond that, their lesson you're also discovering is here's a situation that I should just simply walk away from. Right. And it took and me way can't. too long to walk yes. away from it. it. It almost took it completely imploding before right. you were able to walk away from it. We it took us having Aiden 
and me going, oh, wait, my time is a lot more valuable now than it was. Yeah, yeah. And but that oh, was just I, an excuse you used. It wasn't. It, it, yes, in the end, it was an excuse. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. there was. I. But I your time was valuable before that as well. Right. I mean, I, I I think I set up a server for him and I charged whatever I charged, nowhere near enough. And then he wanted another one set up, and it was like, oh, I've got a kid at home, so this is going to have to be like five times what it is. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh no, and I'm like, yeah, I got a kid. My time is is worth a lot more now than it used to be. And then that was the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, okay, but. Again, yeah, yeah. an honest conversation. Yeah, that should have taken place yeah. years before. Yeah, yeah. So many of my relationships have just, business relationships or whatever, have ended in that way, just with some excuse almost. As Not, opposed to standing as a, up as a, for yeah, yourself as opposed, or something. As opposed to standing up, as opposed to, hey, I, I feel like this is completely one-sided and I'm being taken advantage of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the fact that you even worked yourself into that situation to begin with right. was that same pattern of not right. being able to say no, not having self-respect, operating in scarcity, in fear, yeah. and then therefore allowing that relationship to enter into your Cause, space. Because in theory, the relationship, the relationship starts out equal, mm. but in theory, but then very quickly goes, oh, I can really milk Elliot for this. Uh, and that's how everything's just always been. But yeah, but that's the pattern, right? That's yeah. exactly what we're talking about is that pattern has been set in by your soul from the beginning and it will continue to have itself forward until you discover it or choose to uncover it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's what it comes down to is that that's how you break the pattern is you don't let it go blindly for 20 years. Or in that, in that relationship was what, like four years, three years? It was way yeah. too long. In your parents' relationship, 11 years, right? Well, no, 11 years with me, but with you, you know, it continued. Yeah. yeah, 30 years, but then it continued even after I cut off the relationship, right? You you continued that pattern. Uh, for Yeah, for a little while, but not long. Yeah. But through resentment of me pushing you to... <laughs> well, no. I mean, I almost... I was thankful... For you, for doing what you did, because I that was my free ticket out of it. Mm -hmm. it. I was never resentful for you at you for doing that. I was like, oh, she did what I couldn't, and I admired that, and I was I was happy because it was my free ticket out. And I, okay, now I don't have to ta da! I don't have to have a hard conversation. Problem solved. Yeah. Yeah, and it was hard for me to have that conversation. But again, the only reason I had it, not because I had, you know, personal balls, but because I didn't want my son to have that. Right. And it's like, you know, I do look back and go, oh, if I had had a real conversation earlier with them like at the beginning. Earlier, like when you were five, yeah, right? Yeah. Or 10 or 15. Or, you know, even if I'd had one the very first time we you met them and, and I had a, said, yeah, this is not going to work. Yeah. Maybe things would have been different. Now, maybe. No, the first guy not. I met them was like, th and that's the thing. I, oh, maybe yeah. I hey, should point this out. What, what what do you not talk about the first time you meet your, your son or daughter's, you know, date? Religion, politics. Money. Money. You should probably, should probably not really dwell on those topics on, on within the first 10 minutes of meeting someone. Yeah. No, but their goal... <laughs> was but to alienate you to just basically completely mistreat me in order to scare me off yeah. in order not to marry you 
Yeah. So he was out of love. I I I understand and appreciate that it's out of love. I can wrap my head around, oh, I don't think this boy or girl is the right person for my son or daughter, so I'm going to protect them. I get that sentiment. By, by treat this person unkindly. Right. But As opposed to having conversation with you in private and then actually treat me kindly. Yeah. Right. So I'm not trying to put the anchor through, right? But their approach was, hey, let's, let's scare, just get this let's girl. Let's scare her off. Yeah. Let's just scare this girl off in order to. And so, yeah, I was crying. I went, we, after we, we finished, I was drank crying. Drank a lot and cried. Yeah. Back then we were drinking a lot to drown our sorrows. But yeah. yeah, I was crying. And so, realistically speaking, if I were to look at that, I would be going, oh, yeah, like, right. Like, you, I could. Right in the beginning, I could have told that that was going to be our pattern forward. Right. Like that set in the pattern. Like this is a human being that cannot say anything to his parents. His parents are highly abusive. And if I don't say something myself right now or have him say something, this is going to be my future forward. And so at the time, right, we can blame ourselves for being victims of any situation, but we're not. Like we are at the core, know at all times what we're walking into. It will not be a surprise that 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, you will be experiencing something because you know exactly where you will get out of that marriage or out of that relationship the second you started. Like, so I knew exactly what I was going to get. Yep. And so that choice was, guess what? I will subject myself to that abuse with this human being, you and then not say anything about it. And then let's see how that runs. Like quite literally, right? Like on the soul level, on the higher self, I'm making that cognitive decision. Right. I mean, I'm glad you did. No, right. right because that was my karmic, my karmic uh, hook. Yeah. The, the hook was that, right? I, I could quite literally in that moment choose to release that karmic cycle and go, guess what? I am refusing to have this as my life forward. But instead of making that decision at that moment, I went, no, this is exactly what I want my life forward to be. Yeah. And so that, no, I mean, I know seeing this right now, you will go like, oh yeah, you would be like, literally we would never have been together and not had two kids together and continue to this together. Yeah. But that was a decision forward. Like you're, so so you cannot blame anyone else for anything in your life because on the soul level, you're walking in in every relationship, including marriage, with like precognitive knowing of what that relationship will facilitate within you. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's magic. Like, you know, just sit down for one second and you know exactly what every relationship will bring forward. And and then looking back, you I know you everybody will say, oh yeah, I knew. Like the second you meet yeah. that human being, I mean, you we, know their energetic signature. We, we, we know someone who, you know, on on their wedding night, the uh, the husband did something that uh, kind of was a, a disrespectful gesture. Yeah. And it's like, you know, however long later, it's like, well, we, it's kind of you know no everybody knows you know. I have heard multiple stories yeah. where people look back at something they go oh yeah I knew knew from day one from day one and so but I think it is important to recognize that because that gives you power and ownership of the circumstance yeah I mean it's important it's it is very it, it's scary to have you know 
ownership of it, but it's empowering to have ownership of it. No, I think it's completely empowering. It's yeah. that I made that decision then, but guess what? Now I see that and I can make a different yeah, decision now. That, that's the power. The scary part is, oh, I'm oh. the one who messed up you know, my life or that part of my life or that relationship or that or that whatever, you know, which is which is hard to it's admit. Not, it's not even but yeah, you look at it as messed up through the shame and and what the, the um shame guilt. and guilt. Guilt, yeah. Versus the truth is that was the part of your soul's path yeah. that you chose to embark on yeah. in order to discover that about you. Yeah. No, I, yes, that is the way I look at it now. But for the longest time I looked at it the other way. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you can flip that disempowerment into, no, that was my cognitive decision. My soul self knew exactly what I was going to be doing. Right? Do we need to wrap this one up? I think so. I don't know how much time's left. I thought it was close to two. That it, uh... Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we can start to wrap that up. But I think it's a good place to wrap up because you are... You hold all power. You hold all decision. And even though you might feel like a victim in the circumstance of your parents growing up with a narcissistic mother and me not having ability to say no to somebody who was in power, right? Like you feel like these things placed you and you were disempowered because of your pain body. But that was what the path you needed to follow in order to be here today. Yeah. Listening to this podcast exactly. or, or making exactly. these revelations, you know, that you're making, that we're making right yeah. now. Right to be like, oh, I am in charge. Yeah, I and am. I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm choosing my path to find myself. It's just how long do you want that path to be? Yeah, I mean, and and maybe that ends up looking like taking some sort of action or having some sort of conversation. Like in the end, I did have a conversation with my mother. I don't know, a couple of years ago, and you know, it, it's not. Oh, this is all your fault. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. It wasn't that. It was here's how I feel and here's how I have always felt. And it's like, and that, that really released so much of that for me. So much of that victim mentality. And it's like, you know, I, I did, do I believe that she did the best that she could? Yes. No, she's living her pain body. But at the same time, it kind of messed me up in a lot of ways too. That, yeah. That, it took me a long time to to realize and a longer time to uh, address. But it, w- it was very empowering to actually have a conversation. Yeah, but in your case, the power, it was the only reason it was empowering is because you actively spent 30 years with her or 40 years with her not having not, power. Yeah, yes, it was, yeah, yeah. it was, oh, here's 40 years of, of what I what I was, have never been able to say. Yeah. And it, it wasn't long. It wasn't, you know. And it wasn't huge, fruitful. Like, that's the it, thing. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't fruitful. I didn't, I didn't have any expectations for it to be, yeah. oh my gosh, you're right. We're wrong. I, I didn't expect that at all. In, in fact, well, it was, in your it was, case, you just needed to have a voice for the first time yes, in your life. That I needed to, is, I needed to have the, a concrete example of me having a voice for the first time in my life. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it was. Yeah. So I was like, oh, look, I can do this. I do have the ability to to tell someone how I feel. Yeah. But after you open that gate of having a voice, then you can start the process of why is it that you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? That because yeah. you having a voice is almost pointless if you actually start digging in your body of why is it that you don't. Yeah. 
Because it takes care of itself naturally when you start to dig at, dig at the core of it. The why, 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 why. Because it almost becomes irrelevant whether or not you have a conversation with your mother or not. Yeah, no, that's the thing is that the conversation itself on the, on that level is pointless. Yeah. It was just, it was a way for me to prove to myself that I can. Yeah. In that way. And that's what I mean by it was empowering. Yeah, but I, but I think post that, the real work took place when you actually start to dig of why you can't. Yes, yes. Even with the, without that's, your mother. Yes, that's more even more valuable yeah because you can start to release the core trapping as opposed to the nuance of your mother yeah no that that was a a i used that conversation as like a catalyst in order to uh yeah i guess prove to myself that i can and in 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 doing so that kind of set the stage for the rest of growth yeah 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 no so that's that's the beginning, I guess. The beginning. I, I know that was a really long beginning, but... <laughs> and in the, that, in and the beginning. I, yeah, but the truth is, that is just like one nuance of just scratching the surface, right? Right. Like, think about it. Like, the beginning of us is just this one little thing, and that's right. that's, and that's and a nuance for like 20 years. Yeah, and and it's more nuanced than than even that. There's oh, yeah. a whole Wait, lot there's more. There's a lot more. Yeah. Like, I think the beginning is going to take like 20 episodes. Okay. Should get a sponsor. <laughs> no, but but right, like that, that that just the one nuance. I cannot say no to someone. Is like, whoo! Here's forty years of that. Here's forty years of how that looks like. Yeah. And and that's like a lifetime upon the lifetime. And then you know, and all the other things that we'll bring up. That's like. I'd, right, but how magical it is! We are running them simultaneously. All the nuances we're running at the same time, and we're going to experience the vastness of every single nuance within the forty-year time frame, or to, in a linear time and space, if you want to look at it that way. Right? Yeah. That's and that's great. like, wow, that is that is magic. I mean, that's the that's the reason we're here is to is to experience all this and learn from it and grow from it. Yeah, yeah, but but the new, I'm just, I'm just. In awe of the nuance of that possibility and how it looks and how complex it is. So, coming, coming back, back up. up. No. No. Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess I, it's, a, it's probably a good wrap. That's a good wrap. Good wrap. So, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. There'll be more. Stay tuned. <laughs>